Welcome to the Humana 2 Podcast. I'm Adam Williams. I refer to life practices and creative practices often in my writings. That's on the Humana 2 blog and also here in the podcast. And I guess actually kind of everywhere else too. It's just part of my language, part of my vocabulary and my perspective. But then on a recent afternoon, I started to wonder how many of us actually use that vocabulary because I don't think that it's everyone and I don't know that it's even most of us. So as I do, I started asking questions, at least of myself in my mind. And I wondered, well, why not? Why is it that most of us no longer have that word practice in our perspective and our vocabulary as to how we view life and what it is that we do? Uh, especially in our routines in life. Because many of us grew up playing sports or musical instruments at school or somewhere, and we became used to the word practice and its implied reason and meaning. It's to get better at blank, X, whatever it is, the sport, the, the instrument. And we say that doctors have a practice and we say that lawyers have a practice. And in both cases, I'm pretty sure that we hope that they already know what they're doing, don't we? Yet for most of us, that's the beginning and end of the word practice in the general vocabulary, right? I don't think that I'm missing an obvious use here. Mechanics, school teachers, business executives. No, like we we want them to know what they're doing and we don't use the word practice. Uh, Let's see, police officers, politicians. Uh, (laughs) No. So none of them know with total confidence and accuracy what they are doing any more than doctors or lawyers, right? And as I've candidly said here before, I don't know what I'm doing most of the time, but I'm pretty sure that no one else has the answers either, which I've talked about on this podcast in a previous episode and have published about at the Humanity blog. So mostly I think that we're all just trying to do our best, which makes me wonder why do we wear masks and pretend When we all maybe ought to just fess up to needing practice, just always and forever as a means of daily life. And so then I start wondering, well, when and where and why and how did the perspective of life as a practice fall off? Or why did it never take this sort of mass appeal hold, you know, to continue in that shared vocabulary? And more importantly, Why hasn't it taken hold as a more spacious and gracious shared way of living, of giving each other space and compassion? And just why have we created this obstacle to our connections and understandings of ourselves and each other? As I've mentioned before, I teach my sons that people live by their habits, good ones and bad ones. So I think that we'd better thoughtfully be choosing what habits we want our lives to consist of. That, that's what I tell my sons, right? That's what I teach them. We'd better be thoughtfully choosing what habits we want our lives to consist of. But I suspect that one's awareness of life as practice or habits is tied to one's understanding of life more broadly. Uh, we, we say worldview, which I don't know why we say that, by the way. It seems like we really mean something more like life view. But anyway, In a recent conversation I had with the artist and author Jonathan Stahls for the We Are Chafee Looking Upstream podcast, that's the other podcast that I host, we talked about life always being in process. It's lived in the gray. Rather than being a binary, black and white, rigid, very strictly defined experience. 
For someone who can only see the black and white of life, who only feels comfortable with their perceptions of certainty and absolutes, that gray area is frightening. It's too soft and malleable. And understanding the, quote, rules of life in that gray area, that can be pretty elusive. But I would say that life in the gray is freedom. And though this country I live in, in the United States, we claim to be all about freedom. Yet it terrifies most humans to be free, or especially to allow others to be truly free. Fundamentalist thinking fits into that fearful space. The rules of schools and religions, workplaces and societal laws, they defined boundaries. And they set up a false perception of what's right and real. Quote, the way things ought to be. I suspect that through that lens, the concept of practicing life, of setting aside one's ego and job title and societal status markers and reaching into places unknown, exploring one's vague inner terrain and growing, evolving, and emerging as something bold and colorful, it's just unthinkable. Too much. And I wonder what happens to a butterfly that does not emerge from its cocoon. Uh, Death is what I think happens. (laughs) Death. Life and its practices involve constant change. But change is scary, they say. Well, that same they also claims only two things are certain, death and taxes. And from what I feel and, and, and have thought in more recent years, I've come to this liberating thought, which is, no, change is the one certain thing. Evolution is the one certain thing. People avoid paying taxes and instead pay lawyers to help them get away with it. And the certainty of death depends on one's perspective and one's spiritual beliefs. So neither of those are certain. But change, that's the true constant. I've yet to figure out how any of us can evade that process. Lawyers can't help us through loopholes. Churches can't pray it away. Change surrounds us. It is us. And for many, that truth is just too much to bear. Choosing to engage in our life practices then seems like an empowering acknowledgement of that truth. That truth, that change, is. And that we are change. Life is change. Life practices are the tools we use to not only accept the certainty of change in our lives, but to embrace it, get comfortable with it, and play an active role in shaping it. If we understood the purpose of practicing the piano when we were young, or riding a bike, or whatever it was, why do we struggle with understanding the need to do better with so much bigger responsibilities as adults? Then again, maybe it really just falls back to the simple truth that I teach my sons. Our lives consist of the habits we keep, good and bad. Now choose your path. What's it going to be? If my habit is to cultivate fear, ignorance, and othering in myself, in my children, and in my community, or if my habit is to cultivate empathy, compassion, love, critical thinking, curiosity is a huge one for me, and mental and emotional well-being for myself and my children and my community, well, we reap what we practice. I'm Adam Williams. Thanks for listening to the Humanitude Podcast, and thank you for sharing it however you might be doing that, by word of mouth, telling your friends, your coworkers, your family, by social media, however that's relevant to you. I do appreciate it. In the end, we all are Humanitude. We share this together. And I think what's essential is that we stay true to that, we stay true, we stay human, and we stay Humanitude together. Together.